After John the Baptist is murdered, Jesus desires a time of solitude. Still, his compassion for others will not allow him to dismiss those who need him, and he is moved to perform one of his greatest miracles. The Holy Gospel according to Matthew, the 14th chapter. Now when Jesus heard about the beheading of John the Baptist, he withdrew from there in a boat to a deserted place by himself. But when the crowds heard it, they followed him on foot from the towns. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion for them and cured their sick. When it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, This is a deserted place, and the hour is now late. Send the crowds away so that they may go into the villages and buy food for themselves. Jesus said to them, They need not go away. You give them something to eat. They replied, We have nothing here but five loaves and two fish." And he said, bring them here to me. Then he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass. Taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and blessed and broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the crowds. And all ate and were filled. And they took up what was left over of the broken pieces, twelve baskets full. And those who ate were about five thousand men besides women and children. The Holy Gospel according to our Lord. Lord. <clears throat> All right, so in the interest of transparency, today's sermon is brought to you by an idea I had two weeks ago and jet lag. We talk about Jesus quite a bit, obviously, and occasionally we mention other people and how Jesus interacted with them and so on. Uh, But two weeks ago, me thought spending some time today on John the Baptizer, because Jesus is grieving his death at the start of today's gospel reading, um, rather than talking about the feeding of the 5,000 men plus women and children, two weeks ago, me thought that was a good idea. And I started writing it before I left. So John is kind of our focus today. He plays a unique role in our New Testament. He's present in all four of our Gospels. It's a tiny little mention in Acts, but I don't think he's in any of our letters. So kind of weird, right? Uh, John's Gospel mentions him the least in that first chapter when priests and Levites question who he is, and again in the third chapter when he gives testimony again that he is not the Messiah, but he has been sent ahead. It gets a little confusing with the Johns and the which, which John am I talking about, but he may be followed. Mark opens his gospel with the proclamation of John the baptizer, connecting him to Isaiah and baptizing Jesus. Details of his death are given in chapter 6, and then he's mentioned in chapter 8 when Jesus asks some of his disciples, who do people say that I am? We're fairly familiar with Luke's presentation of John the Baptist. After his dedication to Theophilus, Luke's writer tells us first about the coming birth of John. His mother is a cousin of Mary, and his birth narrative is told side by side Jesus's. And then echoing Mark's quotations of Isaiah, John's ministry opens the third chapter. He's arrested and imprisoned before we're even told about Jesus's own baptism. 
And then we hear from him again in chapter 7 when he sends his disciples to Jesus, basically asking, are you the one I've been sent ahead of? You're the Messiah, right? And like we read a few weeks ago in Matthew, Jesus compares and contrasts the two of them. And then his final mention in chapter 9 is like the one in Mark. Who do the crowds say that I am? Matthew, our gospel of the year, mentions him the most. First in chapter 3, John proclaiming and Jesus baptized. There's quite a bit about him in chapter 11, like messengers asking, is it you or someone yet to come? Jesus praises John, compares and contrasts their ministries. Again, we read that stuff a few weeks ago. Go back in your Bibles and look it up. Um, in the opening verses of chapter 14, the stuff coming before what we just read, John is killed and his head given to Herod. In chapter 16, we read again about people saying Jesus is John the Baptist. And in 17, at the Transfiguration, that mountaintop we read right before the beginning of Lent every year, the disciples understand that Jesus has been talking about John when he said, Elijah has already come, but they did not recognize him. And then that tiny mention in Acts is in the 19th chapter when Paul is said to have met some of John's disciples. And then Paul changes their baptism from being John's to Jesus's. Yeah, that's a weird thing for another time. Now, despite... John the baptizer's prominence in the Gospels, he doesn't seem to ever join the Jesus movement himself, but maintains his own following, proclaiming, prepare the way. Now to kind of zoom out on John for a moment, we have three religious traditions descended from Abraham. Judaism and Christianity branching from Isaac, son of Abraham and Sarah, and Islam, branching from Ishmael, son of Hagar, handmaid of Sarah, by Abraham. So according to my Google searches, Islam considers John the baptizer, like Jesus, to be a prophet and messenger of God, sent to, sent to guide the children of Israel, and he, and this is, I'm going to butcher the Arabic, Yahya ibn Zechariah, which literally is Yahya, Yahya, Y-A-H-Y-A, son of Zechariah, is mentioned in the Quran five times. So Jesus is a very important prophet in the Quran, and John the baptizer is an important prophet in the Quran. The Wikipedia article, John the Baptist in Islam, says Yahya is highly honored in Sufism and Islamic mysticism because of his God-given gifts of wisdom acquired during his youth and other parallels with Jesus' own story. Judaism, by comparison, doesn't seem to think anything of him in the present and maybe barely gave him any thought in his own first century days. Uh, though Josephus, an important Jewish historian of the first century, a kind of contemporary of Jesus and the first followers, is perhaps best known for his extensive manuscripts of the antiquities of the Jews. And in Book 18, he writes about John saying that his execution was blamed for the defeat of Herod. Now, that defeat of Herod happened in the year 36, 
which is a few years after we believe Jesus was um, crucified and resurrected, which would then put the timeline of John's death happening after Jesus rather than before. So maybe Jesus' grief is not the most accurate in today's reading, but that's also neither here nor there. Out of kind of curiosity, I messaged a Jewish friend of Lowell's asking for a, a legitimate site or source for a quick take on John in Judaism. And her response was, I've never heard of a Jewish text that mentions him. The quick take is he's irrelevant. Keep in mind that these things that we've just talked about are vast generalizations of John in Judaism and Islam, and they are not at all reflective of corresponding nuances. It'd be like summing Jesus in Christianity as the son of God, but also God, but also human, and part zombie coming back from the dead. It's not at all a good summary of Jesus, is it? No. Through the generations before and after Abraham, Hagar and Sarah, Ishmael and Isaac, God has made sacred covenant with each branch of God's family. And just like in our own families, we have different beliefs about and understandings of one another and of the different people within them. Like the sibling we no longer talk to, or the truth about how and when grandma and grandpa first got together, or what we really think of that son or daughter-in-law. There are stories that we tell over and over, and the ones that we never tell again but keep hidden. In our Gospels, John the Baptizer is an aesthetic Jew. He foretells and prepares the way for Jesus the Messiah and in a comparison between he and Jesus, John leads a strict and aesthetic lifestyle, contrasted with Jesus' open table lifestyle. John is executed by Herod because of his speaking out against Herod and his corrupt practices. And speaking out against corrupt powers is perhaps why so many people, when Jesus asked who people said he was, were reported to say that he was John or another prophet like him. And now lacking any sort of meaningful wrap-up, because I got into this too deep before realizing that I didn't know where I was going and then didn't have time to redo the whole thing, again, jet lag, I'd like to invite you all, more formally than I probably have before, to take some time to really think and learn about some of our forebears in the faith. You can use the inserts that I make up for some of those saints' days and commemorations as a starting point. These siblings in Christ, from those who knew him like Mary Magdalene, or maybe knew him like John the Baptizer, and those who came after like Bridget of Sweden, all had experiences of the living Christ the living Jesus, and what they share of those experiences can maybe help us in our own faith journeys and give us language for speaking about our own encounters and experiences with the divine. May you be so fed. Amen.